This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. Good morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning outside? Yeah, for, for February, middle of February. And it's not raining so far. It's going to get cold this weekend, but it's still wintertime. And who cares? Well, we gardeners do. And for the next hour, that's what we're going to do. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing, me and Java Chapman and all the other folks here at MPB. For the next hour, we're just going to talk about gardening with you. Whatever's going on in your garden or not in your garden, whatever you're thinking about doing or maybe you did and somebody said you shouldn't have, doesn't matter. If it's about gardening, indoors or out, flowers or vegetables, laws or trees, whatever. For the next hour, you got a chance to yak with somebody who not only is a horticulturist, but is a so-so kind of gardener. How you doing, man? Good morning, sir. Good morning, Felder, man. I'm doing good. It's just... It's kind of warm for February. Uh, yo, it's going to get cold this weekend. It's, it's not going to get cold, cold, but it's going to get not colder than tomatoes cold. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, everybody, you know, this weather we had this past week, it was like it was 70 degrees. It was sunny. It was balmy. There's bees buzzing and flower. And everybody said, I'm going to plant some tomatoes. No, you plant potatoes and lettuce and cabbage. <clears throat> what else? Uh, English peas. Uh, as a matter of fact, this past week I planted potatoes, English peas, lettuce, uh, something else. What else did I plant? Oh, onions. Because they like cold weather, and we're going to have – we got another month of cold ahead of us, at least. Yeah, this is that the, the the fake spring that comes every year, now, and I'm always surprised when it does. <laughs> yeah, and we always are. Everybody's always surprised when we do it. As a matter of fact, uh, I saw a thing called the 12 Seasons of Mississippi. Have you heard that one before? I can, I, we, we probably have more than 12. Oh, well, here, here, here's what they are. There's winter. There's fool's spring. Followed by second winter, then the spring of deception, which is what we're in right now, then the third winter, then the pollening, then the actual spring, summer, hell's front porch, false fall, second summer, and actual fall. Well, right now we're in the spring of deception. Yeah, it feels good, but it's it's not quite it's not quite that time. Average last frost or average last freeze in Mississippi is usually the latter half of March. That's a month away. I'm just saying. And uh, matter of fact, uh, I go by there. There's a thing called um, what is it called? It's a, a word for phenology. Phenology is is doing things according to natural signals. You know, you plant your, you fertilize your lawn when the forsythias are blooming. You plant your your tomatoes when the pecan leaves are the size of a squirrel's ear. Little things like that. That's what people have done for centuries. You know, be, before we had predictable dates. And if you think about it, pecan leaves sprout when they're about the size of a, of a squirrel ear, first week in April, and that's when you plant your tomatoes. <laughs> But okay. anyway, I've got a better one. I've got a personal phenology observation. You plant your summer garden when you start seeing kites flying. And this is the stupid thing, Java. Because, you know, the wind in March is strong. You should be able to fly a kite halfway to the space station. But because the wind is strong. But it's cold air from the north and it's descending, it's pushing down. 
You wait till late April or May, it's warm air from the Gulf and it's rising up. It lifts kites up in the air instead of pushing them down on the ground. Isn't that a stupid thing to know? And Felder knows it. <laughs> anyway, that's my phenology, kite flying. Uh, for the next hour, we're going to be talking about gardening. I've got quite a few things to share with folks. There's a couple of events coming up that some of you may be interested in. We're going to start out right off the bat in Brookhaven, Lincoln County. Good morning, Susan. How are you today? Just wonderful. Thank you so much. I have a very important question. What's that? I have I have beautiful, three beautiful gardenia bushes mm-hmm. that have grown so large. They're blocking the view from an interior window. Right. When do you, when do you prune those? I don't want to hurt them. Well, uh, gardenia, you prune them like you would a rose. They bloom on new growth that comes out in the spring, and they'll, they'll actually bloom several times during the summer. So if you want to prune them, you can do them in the wintertime. We don't want to prune spring blooming stuff like azaleas and blueberries this time of year, but gardenias, you can prune this month, next month. You can prune them in the middle of the summer when they have their first big flush your blooms and they'll bloom again so anytime except for late summer or fall because the new growth will freeze so anyway they bloom on new growth so if you want to cut them back anytime any pretty day over the next few weeks it'd be perfectly fine and that will not affect the bloom for the spring they they, they bloom on new growth just like roses okay. but but, right. but uh, let, let me give you a real quick tip anybody else listening if you got a plant that's overgrown if you cut it back to where you want it the new growth comes out right where you make that cut so if you cut it where you want it it's going to grow up above that so cut it way down below where you want it to grow back up to and then when the new growth comes out Instead of just letting it get long and leggy, which it will, snip the tips off the new growth when it's a few inches long, and it will branch out. So you'll have a more compact plant with more stems and more flowers later. So so prune it hard now. Snip the tips off the new growth uh, so it'll bush out, and it'll be really, really pretty. That is wonderful. Thank you so very much. Okay, Susan. Thank you for calling. Appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. All righty, and <clears throat> I've got some some uh, there's some things going on this this weekend. There's one in particular I want to mention. I'm having my annual free home fruit seminar at Hutto's. It's a garden center in Jackson off Ellis Avenue. Do it every year, and it's free. And there's usually dozens and dozens and dozens of people. Very informal, all about what type of fruit the best varieties of each type, because that makes a huge difference. Um, how to plant them, how to prune them, uh, pest control, that kind of stuff. It's free, it's informal, and it'll be starting at 9 o'clock at Hutto's, which is a garden center on Ellis Avenue in Jackson. Been doing this for years and years and years. We always have a pretty good time. with A lot of laughter, a lot of information, too. Hey, let's slide down to, uh, excuse me, all the way up to South Haven. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, Felder. I've been meaning to call you for weeks and weeks, and I would start something else, and I'd look at the clock, and it'd be 1030. I sometimes, sometimes I don't wake up till the program's almost over. <laughs> <laughs> what you got going on? Well, this is one of those questions where I've already done it, and I'm <laughs> wondering what's going to happen. But um, Been there. <laughs> I'm, I love I love composting, because mm-hmm. that is my way of recycling, you know, and, and I hate buying garden soil though i do buy a lot of it yeah but um i had a um just an old tupperware thing that i've kept my kitchen scraps in so i could take them outside to the compost uh-huh. and it got nastier and nastier and i um, found these bags in a discount store and it said compostable bags and i bought one box i'm glad i only bought one box and <laughs> after i bought them and used them several times it says 
not recommended for home composting. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck? Why did I need these? They're for commercial composting, and they're in my compost. I mean, yeah. those bags are in there, and I'm not digging them out. And I'm like, so what's going to happen? Felder said only broken glass. So That's the only thing I don't <laughs> put in mind. I, I, I even have a uh, – John, you remember – did you ever play with Army men when you were kids, a little bag of Army men? Yeah, the green ones. Yeah, well, they had green ones, and sometimes they had a, an opposing team that might be, might be gray or something, blue or something like that. Anyway, I have a little Army man – that's uh, the grenade thrower that's been in my <laughs> compost pile for probably 20 years. Every time I work in a compost, it's sort of like my little thing. Of, when is he going to turn up? But I recycle him through the compost all the time. Ain't got but one arm now because it got hit with a shovel once. But uh, anyway, here, here's, here's the deal, uh, Rebecca. Those um, compostable bags, what it means is they will degrade if they're put in a compost. It doesn't mean that they're made for composting. It, uh, and in order for them to break up, they've got to be physically broken up. Commercial composters, they use grinding and machinery to turn and aerate and stuff like that. And that tears the bags up and they break down. So, but as far as a home yeah, compost. And, and what I hear, the commercial compost gets a lot hotter. Oh, yeah. It never really heats up. It's supposed to, but it, it no, never you, really does. You have what I call a leaf pile. It may be in a, it may be in a box or a bin, but that's just a, a, a just pile stuff up. Which is the way I compost, and it works. I've I've done so much research on compost. I even worked with the American Horticulture Society compost experiment thing. I spent time in Virginia, eighty different kinds of compost. So anyway, bottom line is I just pile stuff up. Now those bags are there's two problems with them. First of all, they need to be broken up in order to start degrading. Now, second of all, you're bagging up all the good stuff that's needed for the leaves and stuff to break down. See, so so you're you're uh-huh. you're, you're keeping them separate. It's like it's like taking a bath with a bar of soap, but a bar of soap's in a plastic bag. You know, instead of mixing yeah. up the suds yeah. and all. So what I would do, uh, just use the you know use the bags for something else. You know, don't don't just throw them away. But what what I've got is a little little bowl in my kitchen, and I put eggshells and banana peels and you know the little thing out of a pepper and all that stuff directly in. And when I and I have to walk past my my compost to get out of my yard, so I just toss it on top. Yeah, and uh, and they also yeah. have little buckets that have lids. They even have some that have uh, 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 charcoal filters in them to keep smells out. And that That's have, what I have. I got it at, on Facebook Marketplace. And, yeah, um, but it just looks so much better than the um, yucky thing that I was using. And I'm like, well, how can I keep it looking nice? I, just, I, I, I have I have a mixing bowl with a plate on top of it. That's what I use, and that helps keep most of the fruit flies out. No, the thing is, empty it more often. Just get your bucket the lid on it and empty it more often. Yeah, and the plastic that's in there is just in there. And it is, it, yeah. It's it's gonna it. It's just like a magnolia leaf. A magnolia leaf will just sit there and sit there and sit there. But if you crumble it up, it decomposes quickly. Same thing with those bags. Well, yeah, that's about my opinion of pine cones. I don't know how yeah. long. It, it, it takes a while. Pine needles take a year, but pine cones take longer, and I don't know how long. They well, take. But, they be, take well because a pine cone is made out of wood. A piece of wood is going to last a little bit longer than a blade of grass. So anyway, as far right. as a compost, if, you, if you're having trouble with, with, uh, with smells and, and things like that, what I do is, is I have a little piece of a shovel that's got a broken off handle on my compost. When I walk by, I toss stuff on. If it's got eggshells or banana peels, sometimes they'll just take the shovel and I'll just throw some old leaves on top of it. 
that keeps the possums and raccoons and stuff like that out, sort of. But anyway, uh, the, the main yeah. thing of those well, plastic. What mine is while we're while we're talking about what mine is is a old plastic garbage bag, garbage can that we used to use before the city started providing all these garbage right. cans, and um, we drilled holes in it and some in the bottom, and there it is because. Wherever I'd put the compost, my husband kept saying it looked ugly, and I'm like, okay, well, we're just going to hide it. And um, yeah, well, what what I did, I made a little stand. You know those? Uh, if you ever go to a, like a box store where they sell concrete stuff, they got these plastic buckets that are about oh three feet long and about two feet wide and about six or eight inches deep that they use for mixing up a, a, a batch of concrete. Well, I got yeah. I got yeah. two of those, and I made me a frame that's about waist high that holds them, and I planted succulents and things like that on top of it. And so, people coming up my driveway, they see a thing with succulents and all a little flower raised bed in front of it, composted back behind there. So I hid it. But anyway, compost takes a while. It's bacteria, it's fungi, it's worms, things like that that actually eat the stuff that turn it into compost. It doesn't compost by itself, and if it's moist and aerated, uh, mixed up, it'll do better. In a, in a bucket like that, it's going to just take a lot longer. Yeah, but, but it still makes it. And oh, so yeah, yeah. It's what just, I do, every six months, I get a tarp, and I dump it out, and everything that looks like uh, run it through again. It when I started, I just throw it back in the can, and um, that's what I do. I just everything I, looks like dirt. Put it on the garden. I've got a, I've got a, a leaf pile that's about eight feet long and about three and a half or four feet deep, and I just pile stuff up on it. I pile it on one end, and when it's tall, I pile on the other end, and back and forth. And whenever I need stuff, I just pull this top stuff back, and I got compost right there. But uh, you know, and and you can make he can make it pretty. Okay. Yeah. He can make it pretty. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you could dump them out, tear those bags open, throw them back in if you want to, but pour that stuff out, mix it all up because you've got your bar soap in a Ziploc bag and it ain't making suds. All right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. You have a great week. <laughs> Thanks, Rebecca. And Appreciate are you it. Coming, are you coming to DeSoto County? You mentioned it one time. But... I'm I'm doing a program in, um, I think it's in April. I don't I don't have my calendar with me right now, but yes, I am. So anyway, we got a scoot lady. And uh man, we got all sorts of stuff to talk about, Java. Uh last week somebody wanted to know what's a good rose. There's a medium sized rose that's got yellow flowers that blooms well, that grows well on the coast. I had three top rose experts. Top I'm talking about the tops. And they all three said Julia Childs is a shrub it's a florabunda, which means it's got lots and lots of flowers on a medium sized shrub. Low low problem of disease is fragrant yellow. Julia Child's rose is a good, medium-sized, ever-blooming, fragrant yellow rose that does well in Mississippi. Hey, if you want to grow your own peaches and plums and apples and pears, figs, muscadines, blueberries, blackberries, uh, uh, pomegranates, Japanese persimmons, all these kind of things can be grown at home if you treat them like regular landscape plants. You don't have to have, I was raised in an orchard, uh, Java, with all jujubes and pawpaws, had all these kind of weird fruits when I was a kid. And some of them are just pretty yard plants. I see them, people grow them. They don't even eat the fruit because they grow them just because they're pretty yard plants. So anyway, that's what I'm going to be talking about huttos tomorrow. Things you can plant in your yard, they're just regular landscape plants. And when you're tired of looking at them, if you want to, you can eat them. And I know you didn't plan it this way, or maybe you did. President's Day is a few days away, 
and those the artists on that song, the, the, the presidents of the United States of America. I, I, yeah, <laughs> of course I planned that. Of course of I course. planned that way. <laughs> anyway, the seminar is starting at nine o'clock. It's in Jackson at a garden center called Hutto's on Ellis Avenue. I do this every year, real informal. And uh, one of the things I'm gonna emphasize, two things I'm gonna emphasize. First of all, it doesn't matter what kind of fruit. Some fruits just don't grow here. Bananas don't do well here. Maybe on the coast. Cherries don't grow here. Maybe up in extreme northeast. But in general. What types of fruit grow well here, but more important, what varieties, because there's some varieties of each fruit that do better in north or south Mississippi. Some need cross-pollination, two different varieties, little subtle things about that. And the most important, when you put a fruit tree in the ground, whether it's a fig or an apple or a pear, a peach, a plum, whatever you put in the ground, the day you plant it, cut it off at need to waste high. When people spend money for a big, tall tree, they don't want to cut it. Every commercial grower cuts them off low so it starts out branching low. Anyway, let's slide down to Mobile, Alabama. Jerry, Jeremy, how are you this morning? I'm great. How are you guys doing? So far, so good. Wonderful. Um, so I have a, just a quick question. Um, I have some, like, they're, uh, they're gumpo azaleas. Yeah, um, little small ones. Little small leaves things. Yeah. Um, and they're getting real leggy. Yeah, uh, it's too it's too late this year. But somebody had mentioned to me something about they called it like uh, a, a technique of pruning so that you can get them back tight. It's called um, it's called rejuvenation. Like right? It's rejuvenation. Steps pruning or leveled pruning, something like that. Yeah, no, it's called rejuvenation pruning. So, so give me the Reader's Digest version of, of exactly how that works. And, and, okay, here, here it is. Plants put growth on the ends of, of, of last year's branches. They get taller and taller yeah. and bigger and bigger. If you want to start them over again, I wish we could do this, this to our attitudes, but you can. You can cut them off to a foot tall and it will not kill them. They'll sprout back out. So you cut them down real far. You can cut these huge, huge azaleas, these great big uh, southern indicas yeah. down to a foot tall if you want. Anyway, wherever you cut them, the new growth comes out there uh, in the springtime. So after they finish blooming this spring, go ahead and cut them down to as far as you can stand it and maybe a little bit more, down to a foot, two feet tall, wherever you want to, and do them in kind of a snow cone shape, like a, a curved top instead of just straight yeah, across. Yeah. And then when the new growth comes out, which may take three or four or five weeks, when it does, uh, sometime before the middle of July, sometime in June or early July, snip the tips off that new growth, and instead of shooting up over overhead again they'll bush out so prune it hard and then tip prune the new growth before midsummer and it'll branch out and you'll have a terrific little compact plant next year so so even though um so i think my main concern is that what i've heard and i you know I, oh no 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 I, doesn't, I, doesn't matter what you heard i just told you, you know, the I truth think, about it i just yeah so, so I, even, I, even, I though, even though the cow even though even though these things Basically, they, they look like some kind of weird bonsai tree. Okay. The caliper is maybe two or three inches okay. have, have where you, I have, want them to be. Uh, Jeremy, have you ever seen where a drunk driver ran over a crepe myrtle tree and it branched back out and kept blooming? Yeah. So it's going to be the same, same thing. thing. It's, yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. I, don't have to, I, don't have to, I don't have to leave any weird sprouts of just to have no. – uh, no. To have green on it. To, you can, to you it can cut it back. It if, it if if you you could cut it back to what looks like just fingers sticking up out of the ground. And okay. but cool. but wherever uh, you make the cut, that's where the growth comes out. So cut it low, and then be sure to tip prune the new growth to make it bushy instead of long and leggy. This has been done for 
forever. I've done it so many times, so many. I mean, I've taken plants and just couldn't. Pe- people are going to talk bad about you, but it works like a charm. No problem. And they do this around historic landscapes. Every 30, 40 years, they cut all their boxwoods way, way back. It's no no problem with azalea. Main thing is after they get through blooming and then tip prune the new growth. No pruning past about, oh, the late July because the new growth that comes out in the summer, late summer and fall is what has next year's flower buds. So. So. Uh, yeah, 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 and they're already set right now, so I shouldn't want to mess with them this year. So, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or this this season. Yeah. Uh, second thing, real quick. I was your rose guy last week. Thank you. I totally <laughs> forgotten about Julia Child. <laughs> me too. Me too. And I, I could, there was so many things that were going through my mind that it confused me. I got an old radio. Yeah. I got a Tandy Radio Shack Tandy One Thousand computer in my brain, and it can only hold so much data at a time. But good. Exactly. Good, good. And good. shout out to you, Java, for uh, for President of the United States of America, man. That took me back to high school so quick. I was <laughs> just jumping around in my car. Thank you so much. There you go. <laughs> Appreciate you, Jeremy. All right, guys. Y'all have a great week. Well, I'm glad I remember that rose. Because he would he would have asked me again, and I would have got stumped again. And then Julia Childs, that is a I would like to know how that name got to that rose, because you know. We know Julia Childs. Yeah, who, by the way, had a bottle tree. Ah. Well, it was a, one of those French wine bottle drying racks that had bottles on it, and I'm going to call it a bottle tree. <laughs> anyway, hey, I just learned something new from the phone greeter guys. I never can remember which of these things to go in it because you got red, you got blue, you got orange. They said the orange one. I'm thinking, I'll never remember that. But you're, you're, uh, the, the screen thing on your microphone is orange. Yeah. So always go to Java. Okay. Which means we're going to go to, to Sheila and just from somewhere in Mississippi. What's up, Sheila? Where are you calling from? I live in Moss Point, Mississippi. Down on the coast of the coast. What's up? Well, I just have a question. There's a, a tree that blooms. Well, well, all trees bloom. But anyway, this is a white, has white bloom, and they're like dust if they blow off into the air. But it has, puts off a really good smell. Hmm. And... I would just like to know if you could tell me the name of that tree. Oh, are the flowers pretty? Yes, it's a little white bloom. It's a little white bloom. And they're like dust. Whenever they blow off, they'll with the touch they blow off like dust in the air and they have picked up a really good smell. You know, I there's so many there's so many possibilities. I'm I would really need more information about that because you know I mean there's some trees I think smell good. Other people smell say smell like fish. Uh, uh, br- uh, the wild Bradford pear type things come to mind, uh, and they're fragrant. What else would be? Uh, China berries have got kind of pale lavender flowers and they smell good. But I I'm just drawing a blank. I need I need at least one more piece of information about it. It could be a pear tree. They, they got they got pretty pretty little white flowers, and some I, some people like the way they smell. Some people say it smells like bad fish, uh, but you know oh. some people think paper white smell like cat pee for that matter. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, I was just curious. I was talking to my son, and we were talking about plants and things. And well, t- I e- either 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 you do you know where one of these is? Not right off hand. I don't. Well, I just I just need another. I mean, I could make guesses all day long, but that's all. I just don't like to guess. Heck, I don't like to be stupid and ignorant, but I sure don't like to guess. If I don't know something, I'm gonna say I don't know. But I, I bet I do know. I just need another piece of information. That's okay. Well, thank you so much, and you have a blessed day. Thank you so much, Sheila. Appreciate it. Okay, now let's go up to Shiloh, 
Tennessee. Brendan, what's well, going before, on? Before what? we go to Shiloh, Tennessee, uh, Felder, because we, we have a bunch of callers. We are going to take Brendan, but I need to let everybody know that this episode's podcast, the podcast episode, yeah. is being brought to you by the Vericosity Vein Center. We appreciate our, our sponsors. For more information about the Varicosity Vein Center, visit VaricosityVeinCenter.com. Okay, so Brendan, Jesse, then Jennifer. Okay, well, I, okay, Brendan, calling from Shiloh, Tennessee. What's up, Brendan? Hey, yes, sir. Thanks for letting me call. And uh, I know you're a turf guy mm-hmm. uh, historically, and I want to plant some seed in my yard. It's got, you know, a little bit of shade, a, a decent amount of sun, but it's not direct sun. Uh, and I'd like to go ahead and, and sow it in the spring so, you know, maybe all summer and fall I yeah. good, good grass. I just didn't know what you'd recommend and when to sow it and, and how much water it would be. Well, a couple of things. You're you're really beyond the nor- normal northern range of centipede grass, which comes from seed. And it'll take a little bit of shade if you mow it high. St. Augustine, I don't, I don't think it'll freeze up there. I, I, you know, you just at the far range of what we call warm season grasses like centipede, St. Augustine. Bermuda grass is easy from seed, but it won't take any shade at all. So uh, if you want to go with something like Bermuda grass, which is one of your best bets for, for all summer long, uh, what I would do is I would make a, a line between where the trees are and where the grass. In other words, have a uh, yin-yang thing, not all grass, but have a distinct area where it stops. And in the sunny areas, you can throw out some Bermuda seed. But the, the trick to pulling that off is make a distinct line with a little ditch or some monkey grass or some rocks or something that says, here's the lawn, here is not the lawn, here's where the trees are. That way you can blow leaves and stuff under the on one side and have grass on the other. But, you know, you're far enough north where uh, you start getting into things like uh, like Kentucky bluegrass, fescue, ryegrass, things like that. They still burn out a little bit in the summertime because you're far enough south where they don't grow as well. But that's what they grow typically up north where it's cold. They grow fescue, ryegrass, Kentucky bluegrass, that kind of stuff for the summertime. It grows well for us in the wintertime. So anyway, you're sort of in between. If you want to put out some ryegrass seed, um, you know, it'll give you a really good color real fast up until it gets really, really hot and dry. And, um, and you know, then you could sow it again next fall. In other words, just have where most people's lawns go dormant in the summertime, in the wintertime. Yours will go dormant in, let's say, July, August, September. Then it greens back up for, for through, through the fall, winter, and spring. But ryegrass, I would start with ryegrass because it's fast. Uh, it comes up real quick, and, uh, and it looks good until it gets t- way, way too hot. Uh, I wouldn't put the seed out until around the 1st of April, though, because that's when the soil starts to warm up. So let's wait till April, put your ryegrass seed out, and then get in touch with the county extension office. Uh, I'm not sure what, what county that is. Uh, I've got some good friends up there in Jackson, but I don't know how close you are to, to Jackson, Tennessee. Anyway, get in touch with them and find out what they recommend for, for summer lawns from seed in your part of the country. Awesome. Okay. And how much, just generally, I mean, how much water? I mean, is that once a day in the morning or? Well, or? no, the seed, if it's moist, seeds, seeds, if the ground is warm and the seeds are moist, it'll come up in five, six, seven days. Uh, and then what you want to do is water it really, really good and let it get dry between soaking so roots go down deep. So once the seeds come up, you know, once or twice a week, 
for a couple of weeks, once a week for a week or two, and then just at least every three or four weeks, you know, that you don't don't get rain. You, you need to water more often until the seeds sprout, and then gradually a little deeper, less frequently, so the roots go down deep. They won't grow down deep if you keep it wet. Awesome. Well, I knew you'd be the man to ask. I appreciate you uh, giving me the scoop. Okay, well, I, I, I got the technique down. Not sure about your best variety, though, but your county extension office will. Okay, awesome. Well, thanks a bunch. Stay dirty, sir. <laughs> That's good job. I'm going to go to the orange thing because you got an orange screen on your I, – I, I learned – this is how I remember stuff. You make connections. We're going to go to Jennifer, who's calling from Meadville. Hey, Jennifer. Hey, Felder. How's it going? So far, so good. What's up? You got a chameleon show this weekend? Well, it's actually coming up the 2nd of March. Oh, of March. Saturday. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to just go ahead and let y'all know ahead of time, uh, it's the Brookhaven Camellia Society 71st Annual Camellia Show. Ooh, ooh. that's going to be cool. How are they looking this year? That 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 uh, I know a lot, a lot of your folks grow them in greenhouses, but as far as in the yard and all, did that cold we got uh, last month or so, did that hurt them like it did last year? Well, and to be honest, mine have not done a thing, so I will not be able to enter any. But, you know, luckily enough, we have a lot of dedicated people, including Mr. Yeah. Bill Perkins, that yeah. thank oh, yeah. you so much to put this on. But they're also going to have the Mizell Camellia Hill Nursery of Folsom, Louisiana coming, and they're going to be selling camellias. So if anybody wants to get a start or has any questions, they are, they're the people to ask. And these are these are good outdoor-type camellias. I know uh, I used to work with a guy named uh, A.P. Fothery. He grew a lot of camellias, but he grew a lot of his best was in a greenhouse, and he put little chemicals, things on little hormones to make the flowers extra big and stuff. But you ought to be down there with good varieties and tell people how to best grow them and all that. And that's when? That is going to be the 2nd of March, and that is going to, the entries can be submitted from 8.30 to 10.30, and it's free to enter, by the way. Public viewing goes from 2 to 5, and anybody can come in and view and, you know, ask questions and find out more about their local camellias and what they can put in their yard. Cool. Cool. Appreciate it, Jennifer. Thank you. And remind us again, we'll get us a little bit closer. Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay. I'll send this to y'all so you'll have a copy. All right. Appreciate it. Uh, and by the way, on I'm going to be down on the coast. I'm going to be at the Kiln, K-I-L-N, at the Kiln Library. Uh, last time I was there, I had such a blast. Thursday, February the 29th, it's going to be at the Kiln Library. It's going to start at 5 in the afternoon, right after work, before supper. So the Kiln Library on Thursday February the 29th, 5 p.m. I'll get a little bit more detail about it a little bit later. Anyway, let's go to Brookhaven now. Ruth, good morning. This is Ruth in Brookhaven, Mississippi, and I just wanted to make a comment on the Varicosity Vein Center, which is in Ridgeland. They are excellent working on the legs we for pre- vein problems. We appreciate that so much because they, they, they sponsor our podcast. Thank you so much, Ruth. All right. Bye-bye. All righty. So Java. That was unsolicited. It was. <laughs> uh, again, I'm going to be at Hutto's Garden Center Saturday morning. That's tomorrow or today if you listen to 10. If you listen to 10, <laughs> you missed it. <laughs> anyway, talking about a landscape quality trees, shrubs, and vines that make fruit that you can eat without having to do a whole bunch of stuff to it. And if you want some information about that, send me an email. I've got a little brochure that I put together. Go to felderrushing.blog, 
and it has a little thing that says, email me, and I'll send you my little thing I put together on the best fruits and varieties and pruning stuff for Mississippi. I wrote a book on it one time, but I got it all down into two or three pages. I'll send it to you for free at fellerrushing.blog. But listen, let's slide up to Oxford and see what Joseph is up to. Joseph, what's up with your blueberry bush? Hey, I have, uh, I'm, I'm taking a cutting of some very prolific blueberry bushes mm-hmm. that I already have in my garden. And made all kinds of pies and jams with them, and yeah. naturally I want more blueberry bushes. But I've got this one, well, the first few didn't do so well. I'm, you know, it's my first time taking cuttings and, and yeah. trying to propagate it from them. But I had this one that I was hopeful about, and it put out some new leaves a couple months ago, and then those new leaves wilted, and it's obviously been, it's been inside. Um, yeah. And it just hasn't really done anything. And I was wondering if I could, you know, save this little blueberry bush. And also, when it comes time, you know, springtime and such, uh, what I could do better. I yeah. Uh, a couple of things. First of all, don't feel bad. Blueberries, and I helped teach the plant propagation course at Mississippi State. I know the theories and the principles and the practices and all that. But blueberries are not easy to root. Uh, even commercial growers, they grow them from cuttings. Uh, new growth in the summer is kind of harden up in a greenhouse, a lot of humidity. So, so you know, bl- blueberries just don't root that easily. Uh, it's a whole lot better if you have some little suckers coming. You, you know how sometimes they send up little small plants at the base of the ovens? That's the best way to propagate them is, is uh, cut those back to a few inches tall and separate them. They've already got roots and all. So it, it ain't easy growing from cuttings is what I'm saying. Um, uh, dividing in sometime in this, this time of year is a whole lot better if you can do that. So I, I don't know what I can, I can help you with on rooting them in the wintertime and indoors because that's just, that's just not ideal way to, to root plants. You can root, uh, uh, you know, any kind of shrub. The rule of thumb is if it drops leaves in the winter, you root it in the winter. If it's evergreen, you root it in the summer. That's just a general rule of thumb. But blueberries just don't have that natural rooting hormone. So try it sometime this summer. Make a little, uh, uh, like a little uh, propagation box. It's got some pretty good dirt in it. That's got a plastic cover you can put it over the top like a little like a little miniature greenhouse. And let the new growth of yours come out this summer. Uh, even after you get through picking the the new growth, let it kind of toughen up a little bit. Take short cuttings of that and root them in the dip them in some rooting powder, which you can get at a garden center. Uh, that helps them a lot. And then put them in that little greenhouse thing in bright indirect light, not hot sun; it'll overheat. But high humidity, uh, mid late spring, early summer, uh, small cuttings, rooting hormone. Th- that's going to give you your best bet as far as growing from cuttings. Do you know what type they are by any chance? Um, no, but I bet I could find out. Yeah, because there's a lot of really good. If you, it, it, I'm doing a fruit seminar at, at uh, in Jackson tomorrow, and they've got maybe 15 different varieties of blueberries. You know, different kinds. Some are early, some are late, some are big, some are small, some are you know better for pies, some fresh eating. A lot of different kinds of blueberries. Um, and it's always better to have at least two, maybe three different varieties. They don't need it, but they'll have more fruit if you have different varieties. So anyway, think about adding to what you got, and let's try rooting some of those that you like in the summertime, or if you got some little suckers coming up around the base, uh, dig those out, cut them back to a few inches tall, and move those. And that, that'll be one of your best. You can also go to msucares.com. That's Mississippi State Extension, msucares.com, and in the search box, type in blueberry varieties, and it'll list for 
for North Mississippi, what are the best producing varieties? And it describes them, you know, which ones are sweeter or bigger, more prolific, and uh, and see if you can find one on there that you want to add to what you've already got. Right. Um, and I'm, I bet I can look this up as well, but you mind telling me what I should be looking for with the suckers? What, 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 looking for what with the suckers? What place? Yeah, like, what, what? What they look like, so I'm not digging up the. Oh no no, it, 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 it'll it'll look just like it's, it's like little pieces of plant coming up. You know, they, instead of having just one stem like an azalea, they send up lots of little stems, almost like a little thicket, and it'll be coming up from the near, near the base of your plant. And it'll look like little blueberries plants coming up. Just cut down those, dig them, but cut them up to oh four, five, six inches tall. And uh, and and they they root better. I mean, they've already got roots. They'll grow better, but they'll bush out and have more blueberries next year. But uh, when you start poking around the bottom, you'll be able to see it's little. It's like little blueberry plants coming around the base of the ovens. All right, thank you. Okay, Joseph. Good luck on it. Before we get this next call, Java, I saw something really, really bad. It had nothing to do with, with gardening. <laughs> what it was about getting, about getting carded. My daughter and I were talking. She's in her 30s about getting carded. You know, you know, buy cigarettes or beer or whatever. Uh-huh. She'll show you card. She said, they stop carding you once the light has left your eyes. Oh, wow. <laughs> Oh, wow. Because I still get carded. I have white hair going on my ears. Nice. She said when the light's gone out of your eyes, they don't card you anymore. <laughs> mm. you, you you need whatever this is. <laughs> That's true. Hey, let's go to Deborah over in Clinton. Deborah, thank you for holding. I know you've been hanging over a long time. What's up? Hi, Zelda. Um, I have a question about a pass-along plant. Mm-hmm. So it's an old rose. Uh, my husband's family calls it the churn room rose because uh, it was planted by his great-grandmother over 100 years ago outside the old churn room on the farm mm-hmm. in Georgia. And it's been passed down through the generations. Well, yesterday I was out kind of trimming stray branches so I could get up under there and weed. And on the spur of the moment, I decided to dig up a piece that had rooted itself to send to a relative. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, she's in West Virginia. <laughs> and uh, so my question is, should I just forget about it now and, and do it, you know, dig up another piece later? Or if I did send it to her, what would I tell her to do with it? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and for, first of all, that without knowing for sure what kind of deal, there's some, some kinds of roses um, you know the 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 one of our the, the China roses. They're called China roses that we see all over the South. They're little shrub roses that bloom all the time. They don't do as well way up north. And if your friend is up in the mountains of West Virginia, it might be too cold for them. I just don't know. You know. So so what I would do is I would would pot it up, cut it back to just how how how, how big is the plant itself? The original plant or no what no I dug no up? The, what you dug up. Oh, not very big. Um, like the the root is uh, probably less than a foot, and the uh, the stem I cut it back to it's like maybe uh, eight inches, something like that. that. That'd be fine if you cut it back to six or eight inches. Go ahead and pot it up, put it in a pot if you want to, and and, and let it start growing in a pot. You know, some pretty good potting soil. Maybe mix a little bark in with it. You know, so bark, potting soil tends to be a little bit wet, bark strays out too fast. A little bark and some potting soil and put it in a rose. Are you going to take it to her or send it to her? I'm going to mail it to her. Uh, Right now it's bare root wrapped wrapped in a little bit of uh, damp. Okay, then what I would do is I would make sure it's only cut back to about six inches so long, Uh, mix Uh some, some potting soil, maybe some peat moss type potting soil, put it in a plastic bag with the potting soil that's moist not wet but but good and damp and then go ahead and mail it like that in a plastic bag and as soon as she gets it she needs to put it in a pot or put it in the ground 
Okay, is it too cold for her to put it in the ground up nah, there now? No, no, we plant rose. Rose no. can plant at any time of the year. But uh, if, what I would okay. do is I would put it in a pot. She could, she could put it in a pot, water, uh-huh. put it outside. It likes to be outside, not indoors, even to those cold up there. I got real good friends up in the mountains of West Virginia. Uh, but put it in a pot and leave it outside so it stays dormant. Okay, so um, uh, like maybe on her porch or something? or. No, I'm, you, you, Outside, okay. Outside on the. Okay. Anyway, you know, I'm starting to apply Occam's razor here. The simplest, pot it up, put it outside, and if it's going to get light down to zero degrees, bring it in. But okay. in general, okay. just leave it outside. It'll do better in a pot outside where it gets a little water and stays cold. Okay, and what about light? What light? light? Oh, well, just outside. I'm not going to get more, you know, just like in gardens, they got my pot sitting outside right now. If it gets cold, they're staying in a pot, sitting outside right now. Okay. So. And then she could plant it later in the spring? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All righty. Gotcha. Thank you. You bet, Deborah. Okay. I got to say this before we go to the next call. I almost did something. I don't know if it's good or bad, Java. This not, again, it's not related to gardening, but I ran into a guy who has a pizza truck, right? Okay, pizza now, truck. I like all kinds of weird food. I, I like state fair food. You know, corn dog, uh, pronto pup, two different creatures. One oh, that's corn my favorite. Meal. Yeah, corn meal, pronto, corn dogs or corn meal, pronto pup is, uh, is uh, pancake batter. But it's still a thing. Well, I had this idea of having a, a tamale pizza. I was going to take some tamales to this guy, and he's going to make, you know, tomato sauce and maybe some onions and peppers, maybe some jalapenos, and then put broken up pieces of tamales on top of it. And I I, I, I thawed them out because I got some, and I was going to take them down there last night, but they smell so good I ate them all. <laughs> you couldn't even make it. Now, couldn't you? But what do you think about a tamale pizza? Well, the beautiful thing about a pizza is that you can top it with however you want. I mean, and since pineapples have been on pizza, I don't think there's anything wrong with tamales on top of pizza. I'm just trying to think of something that's Delta. <laughs> hey, now you put the Delta stamp on it. Now we're we cooking. Okay, let's slide down to Ocean Springs. Hugh, good morning, sir. Hello, hello. What's up? Uh, well, um, it's you know things are blooming down here. I don't oh, yeah. really think the winter's over. Oh, yeah. But uh, my native plum... It flowers beautifully. It doesn't make any plums, but that, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, but it, I prune it, and I've had people come out and look at it, but it's like they usually prune it before now because it's covered in buds, and they're about to open it. I yeah. I need to go out there and do something. Well, I mean, why, why do you prune it? you just trying to keep it in a nice shape or thin or small? Or, I mean, yeah, yeah, mostly a nice shape because it sticks everywhere, and if you're cutting the grass around, just you know it's yeah. to Well, see, the, the tree doesn't care whether you prune it before, during, or after it blooms. It doesn't care. Oh. So I would enjoy the flowers and then cut off what you don't want. But, it, you know, it doesn't matter the tree as long as you don't leave stubs. So, you know, you could thin it out before it blooms and never miss what you cut off. Or enjoy it first and then prune them out as long as those flowers don't soften your heart where you don't want to prune anymore. If you just make your mind up to prune, let them bloom and then prune them. That's, yeah, because it's, it's covered. You know, they put out these little tiny white flowers. Oh, yeah. Them, yeah, that's, that's, that's the Chickasaw plum. It's a native. And see, that way, all the pollinators get their stuff, you know. And they have a – it's like party time for pollinators and then prune it. Okay. Fair enough. Cool. Hey, do you know anything about a flatwoods palm? Nope. I mean, I'm sure you do, but, I mean, can you tell me anything about the flatwoods palm? Nope. I mean, a uh, flatwoods 
plum, not palm. Yeah. Plum. Uh, yeah. Well, when you said palm, I heard plum. But the answer, nope, don't know. I can find no, out. No. Okay. <laughs> but okay. I, I don't know. But uh, anyway, there's lots of folks listen who will send me all sorts of things. Failure, you idiot, you, here's what it is. And I can look it up, but off the top of my head, I, I, I don't know. It doesn't sound like, like I'm, it's uh, the, I, I, I bought I, it at the Crosby Arboretum out there in Picky Inn. I don't know. I don't know. Got to be close to a native somehow. It could be, but I don't know. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. We'll I'll find out. If, if the guy at the Crosby Arboretum, I know Patty and all them down at the Crosby, I'll, I'll, I'll find out from them. But as it stands right now, I don't know. Okay. All right. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Okay, let's slide over to Woodville, which is still in Mississippi, but almost Louisiana. Good morning, Norm. How are you today? I'm great, Felder. Quick question for you because yep. time is short. I've got a bush, seems more like a tree, like a holly. Yeah. It was planted planted in front of my home before I purchased it. Home's twenty some odd years old. Yeah. And this this thing is a lot grows a lot taller than what I would expect. Right. Right. What can I what can I do for trimming that thing back? Two things: you can cut it back to nothing, and uh, you know, a few feet tall, let it start over again, or you can thin it out and let it be like a small multiple branch tree. And anywhere in between the two works fine. But uh, I'd, I'd wait to see if it blooms in the spring first because it might have something pretty before you cut it. So anyway, thin it out or cut it way down, let it start over again. Felder, we yeah. rock and roll today. It's, uh, it's, 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 I mean, the show is done. Yeah. And oh, I got, I got one more little thing to add. He called from Woodville. That's uh-huh. the hometown of Lester Young, who is probably the, one of the most legendary tenor sax players, played for Count Basie. He was, called, he was called the Prez, and he was married to Billy Holiday. True, true, true. From, and before we leave, go ahead, go ahead. No, that's it. Oh, I thought you had more. <laughs> but I have to let everybody know that today's podcast episode is brought to our wonderful sponsor, Varicosity Vein Center. For more information about the Varicosity Vein Center, which we had a lovely call about earlier, just yes, we real did. unsolicited. Yes, we com. All righty, folks, we're going to take a, a week-long break. I'm going to be at Hutto's from 9 o'clock uh, Saturday morning talking about home fruits, Hutto's in Jackson. Go to Mississippi Gardening Facebook if you got if you want to join a 42,000-member a strong group of amateur gardeners and include some nice little horticulturists in there, too. I'm a horticulturist, Felder Rushing, and um, we've been talking about gardening here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. we got programs all week, every week, locally produced programs with locally produced uh, 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 local programs with local experts talking to local folks about local issues. Whew. I'm going to take a break, folks. I'm going to go into Hutto's in the morning and talk about fruits. Meanwhile, I'm going to go home, I'm going to go out in my yard, and I'm going to do what I do best and get dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Thank you.